0: Hi everyone, this is Kishore Chandra and I'm here uh, every night at 6pm with my very dear friend Jai Jagannath Prabhu and we come on here uh, live on Instagram and we do chit chat. And in chit chat we chat about chit. So chit is spiritual knowledge and uh, we talk about it. Welcome, Mani Blue Skies. welcome, Marilyn, Hare Krishna, so we'll get started in just a moment, just waiting for our dear Jay Jagannath to come and bless us with his presence and his knowledge, and we shall begin our chit chat, welcome, welcome. Welcome everyone joining. We'll get started in just a moment. Jai. Jai Jagannath is here. Welcome Rooks, Harry Bowl. and Jaya is here. So we'll get started just now.
1: Just now. Welcome PB Chat. I didn't realize I still had T-Lock on oh
0: <laughs> so sincere so
1: <laughs> oh such <my> a god <laughs> we have a i'm i'm in north carolina so there's a temple here of uh. nitai gora chandra very beautiful deities mm. so when i go to the temple i want to look a little bit more devotional but um sometimes the tilak just disappears and sometimes it stays on throughout the day anyway didn't realize that. <laughs> are we mm-hmm. having more energy today Uh, A
0: little bit more, yeah. Mm. I still taught all day, um, but I had a little bit of a break between when I finished teaching till now, because yesterday we had that that, um, bhakti center. Yes. Yes, so it was a little, yesterday was a bit non-stop, like even I felt very very drained. So today I had a little break, I went to the beach, um, jumped in the ocean. And so I'm feeling a little bit more refreshed.
1: Nice. <laughs> you won't let us forget that you're by the beach. Will you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's like it's five minute walk that way. <laughs> so we ended yesterday's chit chat with a question. Though. Mm-hmm. Well, I ended it with a question I wanted to explore if yes. you wanted to go that direction. No. And yes. Yeah. So yeah, the question was how to how to be happy within the circumstances that are imposed upon us. Now, usually when we, in Vedanta, when we think about the imposition of circumstances, we think about it in terms of like the Maya Shakti. You know, Maya is imposing upon us the circumstances of our life, beginning with our material bodies themselves, which includes the the gross physical body. It's an imposition on the soul. The subtle body and the sort of nature that we have, That's an imposition on the soul. And then the life experiences we're to have in those bodies, gross and subtle bodies, is an imposition. Hmm. And we often think that our happiness depends on being free from the impositions forced upon us. Now, we normally, you know, in practical life, we don't think of the impositions in terms of the Maya Shakti. Most Hmm. people don't think that their body is an imposition (laughs) or that their own mind is an imposition we're like Mm. yeah that's okay okay." Mm. the real imposition are these systems of oppression Mm. legislation that isn't in place um, maybe one demographic imposing upon another and so on so the question that I was posing yesterday is can we be yeah? what is the secret to being happy within the circumstances imposed upon us Mm. whether it's a financial circumstance or literally uh, I was even given the example of a slave circumstance, <laughs> <laughs> you know, new, new slavery circumstance. Yes. Uh, of course. Now I'm, this is a little abstract because it's just easier to talk about it from an abstract place. First, if you start off with like some like severe sort of um, starting point, like your child that's being trafficked around and so on, Without any chance of developing civilization, I mean, it's obvious that that circumstance will be very difficult to develop mm. any sort of happiness. But I'm talking about the people coming here on chit chat, or you know, they have enough liberty to hear like spiritual topics and muse upon them. In other mm. words, their survival is not so intense that they have the room to muse upon these sorts of subject matters. But we are also uncomfortable by the circumstances imposed upon us. Mm. Is it possible that for such people like us Mm. to be happy within those circumstances Uh, and how might we go about doing that? That was a question I wanted to explore.
0: Let's explore it. (laughs) I think it's a really important thing because you've already hit the nail on the head by saying, uh, yeah, most people don't take their body or their perhaps mental, you know, their mind as an imposition And I think that that's really a starting point, you know, that's really like, that's what people need to get clear on first and foremost, because most people are thinking that um, I can't be happy in my situation because of the thing or the person or the system. And uh, rather, it is my own, you know, mental faculties that are, you know, attached to the senses that are like wild horses, right? This image is given, like wild horses pulling me in the direction of the sense objects. And Mm -hmm. so my soul is the helpless, you know, passenger in the chariot. That I'm just along for this chaotic ride that my mind, my uncontrolled mind, my uncontrolled senses are taking me on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, um, and that's really... That's really interesting to think about it like that. You know, it's like my my soul is at the behest of my uh uncontrolled desires, my uncontrolled mind. Yes. And I think and you know, I it's I think it's hard for how do I put this? You know, I was teaching Bhagavad Gita yesterday and today and today I gave more of like um Today I gave more of like, these are the four paths of yoga and kind of like a a tidbit of like, this is what bhakti is. and You know, not going too much into it because it's a 200 hour teacher training, so you can't really be like bhakti. Right. But yesterday, I really was more specific. And a lot of the students yesterday, everyone was super appreciative because, I you know, when I teach, I keep it real and I give a lot of personal examples. But yesterday, I spoke a lot about just the, fir- just the setting, like just the first chapter and kind of like the beginning of the second chapter. Right. Just the Arjuna Vishada yoga.
1: Right. The yoga,
0: the yoga of, deje- of Arjuna's dejection and Arjuna's sorrow. And I think that what a lot of people perhaps can't wrap their head around is like this ego death, right? Like this ego death idea that like, I, I do need to go through the fire. I do need to go through the understanding I do need to reach that realization that my body is an imposition that my mind is an imposition of maya and basically until I learn my lesson that that is the reality like the reality is that my body and my mind are an imposition yes. until I learn that lesson you're going to keep on falling into your habits you know yes. until you until you really learn that and I'm you know I'm speaking for myself I know this on a logical level I know this on a philosophical level I know that my body and my mind are an imposition but perhaps that that real embracing of that idea is the hard part because we're trying to squeeze pleasure out of this body, you know? We're just like, but it tastes so good, you know, like the cookie, like I just want it, like it's just, well, I, I want the things and I want to feel the things and... And embracing the idea of the body and the mind being really an imposition and keeping us, you know, uh, from perhaps experiencing our higher self or experiencing
1: sovereignty in ourselves, that's really hard, you know? Yes. You know, I I don't know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about something that one might be able to relate to, sexuality, just because that's always a hot subject matter, sidebar. I feel like all the stuff that's not really important, like sexuality, gets so much attention in the political landscape. And like things that are like more important, like the economy completely falling apart, don't (laughs) seem to get like enough attention. Okay, anyway, coming back to sexuality is an imposition, you know, and I think people, LGBT people experience this more than anyone. At least when you're young, you know, you have this imposition, you, can, you wish you could wish it away. Absolutely. We've experienced that. We wish you can wish it away. And But then at a certain point, um, and you, you think that your problems come because the society doesn't accept you the way that you are. So there's this need to like change everything and that comes up. But then you realize that, wait a minute, I don't even accept myself. <laughs> like, like, my happiness is not really contingent on these external circumstances. Mm. It's contingent on me accepting, okay, this is the imposition that's placed upon me. Oh no, am I back? Back? Hello? Sorry, yeah, I'm back.
0: Sorry, that was my... Someone was calling me and so the the thing, it was my brother, my brother was calling okay. me and uh, so it kind of just like messed everything up for a second. Hopefully he got the message that I just like
1: declined the call and he doesn't no. call again.
0: him a you know how like apple has those things where like you can be like i can't talk right now like i don't have to type yes. the text so i sent him a message saying can i call you back later and he said yes okay great sorry everyone
1: technology okay. yeah um here's another example that i can also relate to i relate to the first example but this is another example i'm i grew up in a single um single mom household um not uncommon and uh, in my demographics growing up at least and i remember my mom struggled a lot just to like pay bills and all of that and i remember having a strong desire to have a house like all my little white friends because most of my friends were white as you know <laughs> uh i had issues with black people growing up because they were a little bit too mean to me but um, <laughs> so i spent a lot of time at my white friend's house most of my friends were white and they all had nice houses and fathers and mothers, and I remember wanting a house. Like, why don't we have a house? Why are we always staying in an apartment? And I remember my mom at one point kind of being aware uh, of that desire. Maybe she also had a desire, and her like really like saying, you know what, I'm gonna work really hard to get a house. And I remember after she said that, it just occurred, like, what if she can't get a house? Then I'm gonna have to learn how to work within this imposition. Of only living in, like, a, let's say, a small apartment, for example. And I, when I finally came to terms with that, like, this may actually be the situation that's not gonna change, it's not gonna be different. Mm. Then I had to learn how to develop happiness within that situation. And sexuality is one example, this house is another example. Mm. Um, so, what does one do to come to terms with the cards they've been dealt? Mm. which may include a certain oppression of sorts also. I'm, I'm throwing that in the mix because everyone's always hooting and hollering about we've been oppressed. We've been oppressed. <laughs> not that, you know, oppression, not that ho- hooting and hollering about oppression is necessarily a bad thing. But I often, I'm often looking at people like you hooting and hollering about all this oppression as a cause of your suffering. But I'm like, you would suffer anyway. It has nothing to really do with the fact that you're oppressed. It has mm. a lot more to do with something that you're lacking inside that mm. is leading to that unhappiness. Otherwise, all rich people would be happy, but they left a hot mess, too. I mean,
0: <laughs> I was at
1: the store the other day. I saw the tabloids in the checkout line. They are <laughs> a hot mess, too. They're not doing too good either. So we all, So rich people have rich people problems. Poor people have poor people problems. But the suffering is more or less manifesting in a uniform way. Mm. So how do, what, what, if you were going to advise someone, first steps to take and learning how to develop happiness with, within the imposition of the cards you've been dealt in this life, including oppression. I want to mm. throw oppression in there. Oof. You're oppressed and it's not going to change anytime soon. There are many demographics the world over who have been subjugated to horrible oppression, not many, all the demographics. Generally by their own people. Yes. You know, Africans, subjugated Africans, Europeans, subjugated Europeans, Native Americans, subjugated other Native Americans, it's that's the story of the material world. And some of these dynasties, they ruled for really long time periods. And so you had to learn how to live life within that. And I always get the sense that the modern um this word snowflake comes up, it hasn't been used I don't think as often. Snowflake means like super sensitive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, like, they like break down. And I feel like <laughs> many of our generation, millennials and post-millennials, we, snowflakes, absolutely. Like so sensitive um, and, and, and therefore like the slightest inconvenience is a, a, a real source of profound disturbance in our psyches. But now we're coming back to like an old world experience where you had to actually come to terms with the fact that you're oppressed in a certain way Mm. and that you weren't going to really be able to change it in your lifetime. Okay, I know there's a group of y'all out there who think we can do something about it, so have at it. Um, I'm just speaking purely hypothetical terms right now. Mm. If you weren't able to change it, what would Mm. be your first advice, like first Mm. step, advice for first steps to take on developing happiness within those circumstances.
0: Hmm. Mm. mm. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: it's mm-hmm. a fun it's a fun question actually. I think I should ask it on Facebook.
0: You should ask it on Facebook. I mean I think there are many answers. There are many answers, but one thing one thing that I first just steps con-
1: just first steps. We're taking it if you had to give like a first step. A first or, step. Yeah for or first steps, you know this first sort of
0: thing? Um, I mean, I would, I would definitely say something along the lines of like, you know, you need to f- focus on your, what, we, what we've been saying here on Chit Chat, you need to focus on your internal life. We should see our lives as an opportunity to serve Krishna and do it happily. It requires a lot of gratitude. Actually, that's exactly what I was going towards, what PB Chat was saying. But I feel like to accept, this is the problem with acceptance. Like, yes, accept your circumstances, Yes. That's kind of what I was going to say, but the the issue with accepting your circumstances, this is what was coming up for me when you were speaking. Yeah. Was that we really have to embrace... Like, if, if I'm embracing that this life and the cards that are dealt for me in this life is a lesson for me to be learned, then I have to accept uh, an idea of past life. I have to accept an idea of karma yes. and sangskaras. Yes. And... That's a very, that's a very personal thing I feel like for people, because in the secularized world, I feel like so much, so many people are very nihilistic and cynical in the personalized, in the secularized world, because it's like, I was just born into this life and these were, this is, it is what it is. And, you know, so I'm just gonna go at it as hard as I can during this one life. And then bye, I'm worm food after that. Like that's, that's literally how a lot of people think. So I, so I think to kind of have a deeper understanding of like, no, I've come, you've mentioned this a lot of times, like, what's my next life going to be like, you know, how are my actions in this life going to affect things that are coming after this? You know, I, for one, don't think that I'm going back to Godhead after this life. I'll tell you that much. I stand Um,
1: about thinking. I already know. It's the case is settled. Yeah. Case is settled. (laughs) It's clear. I get it. I'm not offended. (laughs) I am also not offended.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I'm also very clear on that and um, but I think one has to embrace that there are that, that there you know was a past life before this that there will be a life after this and so many people don't believe in that you know so it's, it's, uh, it's hard to kind of speak to people like that because I yeah. feel like, because I feel like when you talk to people who really are like super secularized like really deeply secularized like no not a spiritual you know thing going on in their head it's really really i've had conversations with those types of people it's very material based you know if i talk to someone who's let's say coming from poverty it's very like i gotta get the things i gotta get the education i gotta get the money i gotta get the you know i gotta do i gotta get it you know it's very material oriented so it's it i think i think the answer to that really much depends on who you're talking to because if if it's someone that has some sort of kind of spiritual wherewithal, then perhaps I'll give them this sort of answer like this is an opportunity for us to learn. Like I've often asked myself, you know, you brought up the sexuality issue. I think I brought this up when I was uh, teaching today and, and this idea of Swabhava came about and so my material Swabhava, the body that I'm born in, accepting kind of like the, the tendencies that I have, accepting the kind of uh, the gunas that i tend towards right and it kind of just like this this is the body that i got and it's what? due it's due to past karmic you know uh reactions and my sunk scars and all of this stuff and and so i have to learn how to live with this body and i have to learn how to like live in this and with the sexuality point it's like yeah so so many times right like trying to pray the gay away but it's like it's, it doesn't happen it's like <laughs> hi i'm not going anywhere <laughs> it's like, right. it's not going to happen, you know? Right. You can pray all you want and, you know, you can do all the conversion therapy and there's all these things like this that it's, it's, it's really messed up what happens in some places. But it's like, we have to kind of accept the body that we're born into, accept the consciousness that we're born into. And like, what is the lesson, right? Like, I've had to ask myself this many times, like, because it's much easier. I'll say this, I'll end on this because I want to hear your, your thoughts on this. I think it's much harder to actually look inward and try to figure out what is the lesson? Why was I born in this body? Why was I born in this skin color, in this sexuality, in this economic situation, in this part of the world? Why, you know, and dealing with that on a personal level, I feel like it's much harder to do that than to look outside, which is easier seemingly, and start to criticize or judge or become envious, become successful in my envy, right? Why do they have that? So I'm gonna get it all too, and now I have it, but I'm still not happy, right? Right. I'm still not ha- even though I got all the things, even though I got the girl, I'm still not happy. So it's much easier, I feel like, to kind of just like look outward than look at the internal.
1: But, um, mm. yeah, it's got some comments here. I I'm have looking, some comments also based on what you just said.
0: I'm just looking at the comments, but yeah, might Madhavapuri saying, trying to become a little less selfish by serving others. Yeah. Not large scale movements, but the people right around you, absolutely one hundred percent. And Jagadish Shetty is telling us that we can do it. We can go back to Godhead in the next
1: life. I believe in you guys. Thank you, Jagadish Shari. That's cute. <laughs> and then That's like Shari a kid. Saying, That's like a kid saying, "You can touch." You know, kid. I- Mama, I want to touch the moon. And, and Mama's like, oh, that's so cute, you know. That's how I'm hearing that comment. Like, I believe in you guys. Like, oh, that's cute. Thank you, though. <laughs> me too. I, I do appreciate it. I
0: appreciate it as well. And then PB Chat is saying, good point, Vedic. Me. You see, it happens. It happens. So PB Chat saying, good point, Vedic knowledge allows for acceptance of our present state and moving forward in our path. That's 100%, that's 100% true, like acceptance in our present state and, you know, moving forward in our path, not repressing, right? Like Krishna says, Bhagavad Gita, what's the use of repression? There's no use of repression, right? Accepting where I'm at. Because he tells Arjuna very clearly in Bhagavad Gita, this is all very clear for me because I just had to like prepare all this stuff, he tells very, Arjuna very clearly that acting, acting in the world... And doing your duty in the world is much better than prematurely renouncing things. Because if I prematurely renounce things, but the desire is still in my heart, then, you know, my hand's going to get caught in the cookie jar. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do things that are not, um, that are not uh, seemly or dignified. So the Vedas, the, you know, Vedic knowledge does give a lot of space for accepting where we are presently. And not like, you know, not, uh, not, not, feeling ashamed ashamed about it, you know, like this.
1: You know, um, your opening statements and response, the first steps in helping someone deal with accepting a situation, including being oppressed, for example, um, you basically said, well, it depends on who I'm talking to. If you're secular, you might have one sort of answer. But people who have a tendency for soul understanding then you will give a... It's easier to give the acceptance sort of explanation of things. Um, when I heard that, I agree, obviously. And when I heard that, what I... The first thing that came to my heart is that I don't know of a person who can't understand the soul. This is called Atma Tattva. For those who can't understand the soul, I don't know if they can be helped, actually, mm. in this regard. I actually... I think my conviction is that they can't be helped unless they can begin to understand something about the nature of the soul. Mm. Um, I don't say that in a harsh way, per se. Like, like I don't believe in them or something. But and, um, there's this verse from Rishabh Day's teachings. Mm. So this means so long as... You'll find that these words are often juxtaposed next to each other. Yavan, tavan. Yavat, This means like, so long as this, then that long. Mm. Yeah, so these are often juxtaposed next to each other. So yavan, najik nasa This means so long as one is not inquisitive about atma mm. tattva. Tavan. that long, they... Their lives will be defeated, parabhava. Their lives will be defeated by ignorance, uphold mm. the jata. So, yeah, that was the first thing that really came in my heart. Like, if a person is not able to understand their soul, the nature of the soul, and we're not even talking about understanding the soul as jiva shakti related to God and all that, but just a simple understanding that the soul is actually different from the body. Mm. And that the soul has an ultimate objective or an objective and ultimate beatitude, which is very much different than the objective of the body and mind. If if one doesn't have that sort of foundational understanding, then they don't have, it seems to me, they don't really have the necessary tools to reframe how they might think of happiness. Uh, because with, with the perspective of a soul, you can understand that I'm different from my body, I'm different from my, these are impositions within which I have to work but I know that, okay, my mind has a tendency for these sorts of things but this is not ultimately useful for my soul mm. and therefore I have to resist those things which is basically called tapasya tapa and these things are ultimately good for my soul even though I don't really want to do it but I'll accept them this is basically known as austerity. But if you don't have the framework that you're different from your body and mind, then all you know is this body and mind and those desires and those objectives. You have no really context for reframing happiness. So happiness can only be like by fighting with the external forces. Mm. Um, so I wonder, let's say I, I could frame it more like that. I wonder if it's possible to help someone who completely isn't open to the idea that consciousness is different from the body and mind. Mm. And that the soul has an ultimate objective and beatitude which exists beyond the world. Like I I often wonder like when you hear about like in the Bhagavatam, you hear about universal terrorism, Hiranyika Shrippu. He's like subjugating the whole universe. And I often wonder, like, there's so many sadhus existing at that time. I get the sense that they were like, chill, like, whatever. Like, because <laughs> ultimately this doesn't pertain to my soul. Like, mm. and I remember even Srila Bhakti Siddhanta saying one time, when I guess when Prabhupada or someone was objecting, like, unless we get out of British subjugation, then how will we spread the Christian conscious movement and so on? And so Bhakti Siddhanta was like, I, he's like, I kind of like the British. They don't bother our chanting Hare Krishna. So I'm not mm. really disturbed by them. And I, and I often, I've brought this up before, when you read Gaudiya Gruntas, Gaudiya Literatures, um, a lot of our char, not a lot, all of our charts existed under rigid Islamic rule. But you never hear them really criticizing Islam or how they were subjugated, it's like not really a thing for them. So I get a sense like when you have a, a ultimate objective that is soul related and not body and mind related, then it's just like, yeah, these guys are doing this. You know, they're making it a little difficult, but I can chant Hare Krishna, for example, in our tradition. Mm. So I, I'm not going to trip because my real objective has not been obstructed by this. Mm. And so conversely, I don't know if if you're totally against that development of the idea if you could really help such an individual come to terms with what they're experiencing. I don't know. Is it, is it I don't know I, this is a pair. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I think, again, I'll, I'll say this. I think that like, I think that uh, like the reason Arjuna Vishada Yoga and the Bhagavad Gita starts in that way is because we see that. Yeah. Basically, Arjuna had a certain ignorance that he was having. He had a certain perception of reality, right. he had a certain way of looking at, at at the battlefield, at the world, at how he thought things were going to go, and he needed you know to see things in front of him to have that break in reality, that break in his reality where he understands you know even after equivocating so much with krishna well what about this Well, what about this but this isn't the right thing this is da, 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 like he realizes that all of his arguments are no you know they're 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 just they just don't work and finally krishna surrenders uh, sorry arjuna surrenders to krishna and i think when it comes to people that are like very uh secular like when when you see people that are very secular finally have some sort of any sort of like They'll go to yoga. I've heard this a lot from from students who like do yoga asan. where like, they didn't believe in any sort of spirituality. They didn't believe in anything. But the life reversals and suffering just got so intense that they could not... Their answers were not holding up anymore. Their Mm -hmm. answers were not holding up anymore or their belief systems, their whatever was not holding up anymore. So I do think that people who are very fixed in like... There's no soul, you know. The, you're just a mind. You're just a brain and a body. I think that there—that no, that that—it's very difficult to speak to those people if they have no foundational understanding of the soul, and rather, they, you know, they will need to go through some sort of. Um, they will need to go through some sort so of. So what uh...
1: you're <laughs> saying
0: is that. I'm those... I'm speaking from personal experience. I went through. I went through. Uh, being a Jehovah's Witness, getting kicked out of the religion, having a very, you know, angry relationship with God, but I never ever called myself an atheist. And I was very, very, I, I got to a point where I was very jaded. I didn't believe in people. I didn't believe in like, whatever, you know, belief systems. I always thought I was very, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Like, I was always very like wary and not trusting of people. I always thought like people were out to like get me or like get my money or get Paranoid? Whatever. Super paranoid. Anyone, <laughs> anyone from anything would talk to me on the street. I'm like, no, get away from me. I was that New Yorker, you know, just get from point A to point B without speaking to anyone on the street. Like that's, and you know, I very much, uh, my journey towards the Bhakti Center specifically, cause I met the devotees like, five years or something like that, or more, six years, I think, before, no, five years, five years before I met the devotees at the Bhakti Center, I met devotees. And, you know, my heart was, like, hard. It was just like, nope, 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 nope. And I was very, very cold. I didn't want to hear anything. I was like, okay, all your spiritual stuff, that's great. I believe in spiritual... I still was saying, I believe in spirituality, but just no thank you. And so... I think that it, it, I think it depends on the person and each person's personal journey. But I'm speaking from my experience where I was going through so many reversals in life. I was going through breakups and heartaches and mm. careers not working out and all of this stuff. And whatever systems of quote-unquote belief that I had simply were
1: not holding up anymore.
0: I was just like, none of this makes sense. Like, okay, none I'm, of this makes
1: sense. What I'm getting from you and I'm seeing some of the comments here, like, yeah. well, I, I just saw PB Chats Comment. Basically, there has to be something that catalyzes inquiry into yes. the reality of a self beyond matter. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm I'm synthesizing what we both just said. I'm saying if you don't know amatuto, you can't really be helped. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in terms of learning to accept the cards that you've been dealt with and make progress from there it requires some, some extent of Tapta understanding. And I quoted a verse from the Bhagavatam to substantiate that particular view. You're saying, referencing Arjuna vishada Yoga, some level of suffering and or something has to come up in the sojourn of a soul that catalyzes that level of inquiry. Uh, rather, it's suffering, which is often the case. P.B. has mentioned in giving Krishna Prasadam as a little sneak attack. You know, it tastes good. And they're hanging out with the voters. We're super cool. Yeah. (laughs) And that makes them a little bit inquisitive. But there has to be something that catalyzes that inquiry into a reality beyond just the body and mind. To give them the ability to reframe even their oppression in a way that, okay, this may exist. But I'm still able to be happy and grow from that. Yes. I mean, obviously, that's a conclusion that's satisfying for me because, Yeah. I just don't think, like, I, I see when I look at people like so passionately absorbed in social issues today, I literally feel like they can't be helped. Mm. Neither by us because our solutions aren't practical enough mm. for them, or they're not, whatever, go getter enough. And they're not going to be helped by this, the stuff that's going on in the external world either. It's just going to increase, in, in, um, increase, increasingly degrade. Why did I like forget English for a second? <laughs> they will increasingly degrade so they won't be helped that way either. So I kinda, mm. when I see them, I'm like, they can't be helped, they can't be reasoned with. It's, this is like kind of something they just have to go through. And if going through this gives them to the point of inquiry into a reality that's deeper mm. and more beautiful, then it was all worth it otherwise. Mm that's that's their lot or that's our lot as it were mm. I didn't and see the, the other comments but yeah I just I had PB those in your comments
0: yeah um, Kavi was saying that many are suffering intense immense depression and anxiety issues this is 100% true I feel like almost everyone is either suffering of anxiety or depression or both like this is a very
1: real reality
0: now, but I was Kabi, also going to mm. Sorry, Kabi no, 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 was no. even
1: saying in her last comment that I had to come back to Christian consciousness because I suffer so badly without a higher belief.
0: Right. Yeah. Cuz that's that's also kind of what happened to me cuz my higher belief was Jehovah's Witnesses Jehovah and then when that, when I got out of that, I didn't really know like who is God and what to call God and I started getting very, I started getting impersonalist. I started, like, going nice. the impersonalist route and just, like, we're just all one, everything's this, and that, and that oh, yeah. did not work. That did not right. go well, folks. It was very, <clears throat> but I was go- what I was going to say, it's also, I think, I also think it's mercy, you know, because, like, the fact that we've come into de- contact with devotees, like, I really think about, like, my life, and I just, like, I look at it, and I'm like, wow, the fact that I came into contact with devotees so many times. And I, rege- I, I did not want that, you know? Right, And right. Krishna, was, Krishna and Radharani were still so merciful that they were placing it in front of me over and over again. Like, that's mercy, and that's something that each and every person who's come in contact with devotees, that's coming from past life, you know? Right. And that's our philosophy. Our philosophy is like, we must have done something good to have gotten us in contact with, with devotees. Madhavapuri is saying, maybe for the person... Who is not aware of the soul, we can first make an argument that they don't see it because it's covered. Yes.
1: Sure. Yeah, I agree. Like aside from arguing how to get people to that point, the point is as if you don't know your soul, you can't be helped. <laughs> That's the crystal clear point that I'm trying to that I'm trying to make. I, I, I agree. I I agree. It's like when I'm like if I see myself entering into like the material field talking to people about this sort of stuff. And they're like suggesting different ideas that we could do and so on. I've, I see myself like, well, do you know your soul? Well, what do you mean? Okay, you can't be helped. Do you know? <laughs> I'm being a little dramatic here just to express the point in strong terms that whatever we have to do to get people to understand me, otherwise, there's nothing. The material world has its nature, mm. which, which comes with oppression and all these things. It, you, no one's gonna be able to change that. It's like trying to change the nature of fire or trying to change the nature of water. That's impossible. Mm. So the material world has its nature mm. and no one's going to be able to change it. Legislation is going to change it. Positive thinking isn't going to change it. Like the world is the way that it is. Yeah. Um, so it, there has to be understanding of an existence beyond just the world. Otherwise, Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, my mm. point is to bring that out. And whatever we have to do to bring people to that point, giving prasadam, maybe they have to suffer. Maybe we offer really good arguments that compels them to consider a more deep reality mm. beyond just what they see with their eyes. But whatever it is to get them to that point, they got to come to that point. Otherwise, they can't be helped. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a, uh, like an indictment. Indictment?
0: Indictment? Indictment. Indictment.
1: (laughs) Indictment. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sometimes the ghetto really comes through. Um, I'm saying as an indictment, I'm just saying it as, I think, as a matter of fact. Mm. Like, yeah. So that, yeah. So I just wanted to sound that out clear. Yeah.
0: And I also think that, uh, I also think that there's the mercy and we're receiving the mercy, whether that be in the form of Prashadam. Or a, a a kinder devotee than you or I, Jay Jagannath. That's gonna like argue with people that seem beyond help. You know, I had mm. I had those beautiful, kind devotees that you know maybe maybe I seemed like I was beyond help at a certain point. And right. I had wonderful people, uh, you know. And I think it's a different strategy with each person. And that's, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the that's the relationship of a, a preacher and a teacher, and uh, right. you know how you build community around you and all that kind of stuff, for sure. But something that I also wanted, maybe this would be an interesting thing to continue to speak about tomorrow. But I don't know if you saw, but up, up on the questions, Gabrielle was asking an interesting question. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I about,
1: um, here, I want to kind of find it because I want to. How can we accept but also push ourselves to change or to hope slash have a vision? I yeah. don't think they're mutually exclusive, but I'm curious what you think. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's an interesting question because when you hear an argument like when you hear what we're saying, which is like, yo, you know, if you're if you don't know, you know, atmat, your atmat, soul. You're, you're, yeah. you're soul, you're beyond, you're beyond help. And you got to get some mercy somehow. And fingers crossed, it comes to you. And so it could, <laughs> oh, my and, God. It wasn't me
1: in that spirit. But OK, we got it.
0: I'm being I'm being um, facetious. Um but I think that one, you know, with the karma doctrine, sometimes there can be misunderstandings of like, well, these are the cards that are dealt to me, or you know, this is my this is my nature, Prabhu. This is this is my nature. So this is just how I behave. This is just this is just how I am. And so I I do think that there needs there's uh, responsibility and free will, right? So I have my nature. I have my swabhava for sure. However, uh, change. Uh, is a thing that I want, right? I want anartha nivritti. I want to right, rid myself. Right, right, right. I want to rid myself of the unwanted things in my heart. And I think that the, the issue, you know, I'll speak to this and I want to hear your thoughts on this, is that when we look at like hope, yesterday we were having a Sangha, a, a Bhakti Center uh, organizational staff Sangha, but it was very beautiful because our Gurudev was there. And he was giving us some hope and uh, some of us are feeling in a hopeless situation right now, in general, in the world. But um, I think Janavi specifically asked about hope, right? And, and uh, Gurudev's response was, Srimad Bhagavatam is the book of hope. And uh, it's such a beautiful response. And he goes to speak about how in Bhagavatam, this Gurudev is saying that all the stories are Bhaga, of Bhagavatam all the stories of these exalted devotees and exalted personalities are about them in the most hopeless situations. Yes. Gajendra, um, Prahlad Maharaj, hopeless situations, and how in those hopeless situations they're still able to find hope, to offer you know, prayers to, to Krishna, to find meaning in life. So I think that you know, there's no question that there that there is hope there is hope however i'll end on this however i think the problem becomes this is what we've been mentioning throughout this entire chit chat when my hope and my visions for change become uh hoodwinked i think that's a word you know like it is become, a word
1: but i don't know the meaning. I, I,
0: don't, I don't know if i'm using it Is correctly. it like the
1: same as bamboozled no not bamboozled i feel like i know I'm, i hoodwinked is definitely a word i just don't know it's a means. word
0: i don't i don't know if i'm using it correctly what i'm trying to say is like when my hopes and my yearning for change becomes like usurped that's a better word by like external big societal change you know hope for the world and hope for the future and hope all of we're not saying and we've never said on chit chat that any of that stuff is bad but if my you know hope for the change of the world and the future and social issues and whatever eclipses the hope for change in my own heart and the hope for you know, like the unwanted things to come out in my own heart. If that is eclipsing this, then, you know, it's not going to be a. It's it's gonna. It's not going to be good. Yeah, it's going right. to be an endless cycle essentially. Right. <sighs>
1: so we'll explore maybe Gabrielle's question a little bit more. Yeah.
0: I think it's a. I think it's a good question. Lines. Perhaps about like free will and um our our. Our propensities, our yeah, our decisions, things like yes. that. Anyway, we'll explore tomorrow. We'll explore tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining chit chat. My uh,
1: my final message. What's your final message? <laughs> know your soul or suffer.
0: Yeah, I think that's. A, can we get can we get that on the shirt? I feel like that might be. A, I feel like I feel like we might need. Actually, to edit that's that. a
1: good one. That's a great one, actually. Yeah, know, but it know comes, your soul or suffer. But it, but it sounds up, like an in, like an indictment, right? Yeah,
0: it sounds like very, like, you know, Judeo-Christian, <laughs> you know, you like, know? Brim, brimstone, like, no,
1: you're a soul or something. You know what it sounds like? I actually, in my, the Baba that I said it in, it's a meme. Um, and the meme is, like, you know, how I apologize at the top of the meme. And, and it says something like, I already said, sorry, so if you don't stop, that's on you, ho, or something like that. <laughs> Like, something like that, you know? Something, like, crazy. (laughs) That's funny to me. That's the mood. Know your soul or suffer. That's, you know, these are the options.
0: Know your soul or suffer. So that's the message, everyone. Not in a... not in a fire in brimstone way, in a funny meme
1: way, okay? <laughs> we should put that on the back of the shirt. This is yeah. not in a fire and brimstone way, but in a funny meme way.
0: That should be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in the back of the shirt, just to clarify. Uh, thank you
0: all so much for all of your wonderful comments. Jagadishiri, Madhavapuri, thank you, Gabrielle, for the wonderful question. P.B., Chat said something so sweet. She said, I firmly believe that chit-chat with all of you is Krishna's mercy to me, Harry Bull. And Mani Blue Sky said she agrees. And I honestly feel that chit-chat is also um, Krishna's mercy to me. me. And me me and Jai Jagannath have spoken about this off chit-chat, that it's been such a wonderful uh, service, but also we're getting so much from it as well. So thank you all so much for keeping us uh, here on chit-chat. We're here for all of you and uh, of course for ourselves as well <laughs> for each other um, but it's it's wonderful being here with all of you so thank you so much and we we'll see you tomorrow
1: at 6 p.m. hi ball hi krishna everyone bo.
0: thank you jaya hi ball
1: thank you Hadi.